Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Hubbard. I've got John Harrison and Madeline Baker here uh, from our team to talk about uh, reinforcing safety practices and procedures. And I say reinforcing because many times in many organizations, there's already standard operating procedures for safety protocols, things like that. Uh, Generally, that's in place. Uh, But I do think what we hear a lot of times is it's not working or how do we get people to buy into this or you know, why are people taking this seriously? And so what we want to talk about is a healthy way, what we think is a healthy way to reinforce those policies or procedures you have, um, particularly around uh, health, wellness, and safety type uh, issues. So I want to start with John, like I do a lot of times, and just ask him to set a foundation just a little bit about some of the silly policies or procedures, particularly related to safety, that companies have sometimes. Because I get it, frontline employees may say, well, why do we have to do this? This is dumb. Um, and sometimes it might be dumb. We'll talk about that. But a lot of times there's a good reason that maybe we're not thinking of. And I know you saw that a lot at Caterpillar. Yeah, just two things I would say to that from a leadership point of view, a corporate point of view, ownership point of view, whatever. I think the key is to explain the why behind decisions. So example I've used many times is Caterpillar, you had to wear protective glasses, safety glasses, 24-7, wall-to-wall in every one of our facilities. Now, people would think, well, why do we have to wear them in this part of the factory? Because there's no machinery nearby. It's, it's, it, there's a very low risk in this area. Now, that, that's a reasonable question, and we'll talk about this later in the podcast of if you have questions, how to do that in the right spirit. But, but if you just say, because it's the policy, that's why I told you to wear it 24-7. No, I think it's worthwhile to say, well, you're right. There is potentially lower risk in this part of the building than the other, but we don't want people, for example, flipping their glasses up and down on their heads all day, high-risk area, low-risk, high-risk, low-risk, because somebody could forget, and they go from a low-risk area into a high-risk, and then they get, they get hurt. So I think for leadership to be able to explain, here's why we have rules in place. Here's why we have you badge in to the office every day. It's not to irritate you and to have people backed up at the door. We want to know who's in the building at all times if we have an emergency. And again, People have to think about if this was your child in their in your children's school, you would go, I hope they have all these rules. But so sometimes we like these rules to be in place in parts of our lives and not others. So I think the why is important. The other thing in terms of how do you reinforce this, and this is going to sound overly simple, but you have to hold people accountable to these things. And if somebody is not wearing their safety glasses and you walk by and don't say anything, then you're you're causing big issues. You have to say something to them and document that they weren't being safe. And that can be if they, if they, you know, bypass a security system, if they, if they have a, if all their computers are supposed to be password protected and they're not, and you're letting them not have a password out there, then you're, you're causing the safety culture to be less than it needs to be. So here's the rules, here's why we do it. uh, And then making sure that we're holding people consistently, because again, this is one you don't want to come back in after the fact and go, now, why did somebody get hurt? Or why did we get hacked in our computer systems or whatever? And now you have to admit because we weren't consistent in, in holding people accountable. So really critical to everything we teach in the VIP way, but probably no more important than ever though when it comes to people's health, wellness, and safety. 
Yeah, I think what you said about the why being important is very important because um, I come from the generation of asking lots of questions. Like I like to know the back end, like why are we doing this? What's the reasoning? Because then I can kind of process in my brain as like, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just the way this generation is. But I think on the flip side, I've also realized you kind of have to be okay with like, now the manager should be able to explain why, but if they're like, this is just the policy and this is just the rule, this is the law, like you should be able to be like, okay, I'm going to get past this and maybe not have the best explanation. But um, yeah, I mean, I can think of lots of things in my past, but one that stands out is um, at at Krispy Kreme, whenever I worked there, every time we had to recall a ticket, so let's say someone was checked out and we had to like, you know, uh, recall it or give them a refund, um, we would have to print out the receipt and then sign our name on the back of it. And um, I remember being really confused by that at first until I got to the office and started working there. And then I saw the reasoning why. And we actually, they had conversations with the head managers and sometimes it just wasn't passed down the reasoning to the frontline people because I was a frontline person. So I just didn't have that knowledge. And I always thought this is like so tedious. Um, But then once I realized the reasoning why, the history behind why we do that, um, it just made more sense. So I like what you said, John, about just explaining, make sure it's passed down from the upper management all the way down to the front line because it's, it would have been so much more insightful to me if I'd had that knowledge beforehand. Yeah, that's good. And I think, yeah, that was well said that sometimes it is gonna take, you know, those of us on the front line to raise awareness to something that maybe leadership has overlooked. Let's do so in a respectful way, um, but they may have just been doing the same thing over and over because it's standard practice and they don't know any different and they really haven't thought about it for a while. Um, and even if it does come from a good place, they just forgot what that place was. And so there's nothing wrong with respectfully raising a question and just asking your supervisor or HR, whoever, you know, the powers that be uh, that you need to go to and say, you know, what's, what's the reasoning behind it? I'd like to understand this process, better. I'd like to understand why we do this better so that I can make sure, you know, we're doing this the right way. Um, that's okay. But I think John alluded to it earlier. If you just you know, or doing it because you're frustrated and you're like, well, why do we have to do this stupidy blankety blank thing? Because you don't have time. You you're frustrated by it. It's not something you want to do. Well, that's different. That's not going to be received well. And even if it is a dumb rule, they're probably going to keep making you do it just because you're not handling that situation. Well, whereas if you raise some awareness, ask the right questions, um, in, in a mature way, I think sometimes you might uncover a stupid policy that does need to be revoked and that does need to be updated or something, but you're never going to get there if you come at it the wrong way. So I do think your, your maturity level is going to uh, really be necessary to affect positive change in these, in these areas. But yeah, it's both sides. You have to be okay explaining it. If you're the one being asked, you have to be okay that, Hey, they're not just, you know, they're not just being insubordinate. They're just trying to understand the bigger picture here. And then if it is something that I'm being asked to do, and be willing to get that information, ask those questions if needed. Um, but I, I think so much of this, John already talked about consistency, realize that so many co- companies and organizations, they violate this by trading short-term and long-term results. Because so often we, we know if we all sat down and took a poll, you know, no one is going to tell you that it's dumb to lock out tag out on electrical equipment when you're working because yeah, clearly somebody can die. No one's going to tell you it's dumb to wear safety glasses and hard hats and hard hats and, and 
um, high risk areas. We get all of the reasoning behind that, but then when it comes down to it, we're in a rush. We want to wrap the day up. We want to wrap the project up. We are frustrated or whatever, and we compromise and we trade those long-term sustainable safe goals for a short term, get something done quick. And we don't lock that out. We don't wear that protective equipment, whatever. And then something happens. And then we're like, man, why weren't we doing that? Well, it just, you know, we didn't have time for it. So realize that a lot of times employees aren't necessarily pushing back on the actual long-term sustainable policy you have in place. What they're pushing back on is the inconsistency of your short-term decision-making. And I just think there's so much there that we miss sometimes and we get frustrated that people aren't listening, but then they're watching us not be consistent in the way we hold it accountable, speaking obviously to leaders. So I think it's both sides of that, but anything else from John or Madeline on just this idea of how to enforce or reinforce safety practices and procedures when it comes to frontline folks? I think uh, just one thing to add, obviously most organizations do drills or training around fire. Uh, obviously in Arkansas, different parts of the United States, they're gonna talk about tornadoes. We do suggest that organizations do some training on active shooting. I hate that that has to be discussed, but it's we've seen enough examples of that. These are things you don't wanna find out after the fact. But with that, realize you go, well, we do fire drills once a year or whatever. I've heard that. Well, you have new people coming in all the time. So maybe once a week, if you're bringing in new hires, you have to talk about here's where you go if there's a tornado. This is our active shooting policy. This is what we do with the fire. You can't just assume that everybody knows that. And I think excellent organizations are making sure that stuff is very clear with someone on their, really, the first one hour that they're in the organization or probably five minutes, welcome to company ABC. Now, before we do anything in your new hire orientation, let me show you where you go if there's a fire or a tornado or an active shooter. We have a text-based system for blah, 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 whatever it is. And I think you'd be surprised how few organizations actually do that very well. And again, those of you that are here in Arkansas know that we had a major tornado in Little Rock this summer, and again, that was on a Friday afternoon. Probably a lot of companies had meetings on Monday morning to talk about tornado preparedness, which should have happened before Friday afternoon. So it's just, you know, again, you, we talk about values-based cultures, people, you know, being a type of organization that people want to work for. If you are regularly talking about people's physical and mental safety and health, it's hard for them to, to believe you. But on the other side of that, my last comment kind of tie into what Madeline talked about, you'll hear things like this, let's take this out of health, wellness, and safety, but somebody says, hey, did you see they're raising our healthcare premiums at our company? This company doesn't care about us at all. And people jump on that bandwagon. And so again, I would suggest for supervisors, managers, hey, our healthcare premiums are going up in 2024, and here's why. But for an employee, even for you to be, to stand out as an employee, if one of your peers says, yep, they don't care about us. They just raised our healthcare premiums or they don't care about us because there's no lighting in the back parking lot. If you hear somebody say things like that, please don't jump on board with that and say, well, no, let's go find out. Let's go find out why they took our healthcare premiums up. By the way, we know there's other possibilities for that. Healthcare costs are going through the roof and it's possible your company just said, hey, we don't care about our employees, so let's take their healthcare premiums up. But I doubt that that's actually what was being said. I'm sure they didn't say, let's make the parking lot dark so people can fumble their way to their cars at night. That's probably not what's going on. 
So at least be respectful about how you ask those questions because like Tanner said, maybe asking the question in a respectful way gets a light out there. But if you go, you stupid blankety blankety blanks, when are we ever gonna get a blankety blank light in the parking lot? That probably isn't the best way for that message to get shared. Yeah, I can't stand whenever people just complain and complain and it's like, we could change this. <laughs> we don't have to just stay in the same place. Like, let's take steps towards talking with someone or changing it ourselves. Well, Madeline's done a great job of that. Seriously, here, I always joke that I've created our policies and procedures because we're a 10-year-old company at this point, right? They're, they're, we're very small people-wise, so we just had to create stuff as we go, and that's kind of my analytical uh, background and my experience. And then Madeline was our first employee after I got here, so I was our first full-time employee, and then Madeline joined a few years later, and so she got the recipient of all this stuff that I made up, for better or for worse, and so, but so many times she's been asking questions in a respectful way to be like, okay, outside of your little brain, Tanner, here's, you know, here's another perspective. She says it a lot more respectful than that. I'm putting words in her mouth. Um, but seriously, that perspective has been so helpful. And so I know if in a, you know, now four person company that these differences of opinion shared in a respectful way is helpful for us to grow and find the best route on some stuff. I know that's true of 400 person companies and 4,000 person companies. And so I would always um, lean into that explaining the why, but being willing to ask the why in a respectful way in order to explain your safety practices and procedures specifically. So thank you for joining us again for another episode of the John Harrison podcast. Look forward to having you on next time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.